0: I don't know about you, but I have the feeling, and it feels to me, that I have spent the last two and a half years of my life in Lent. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but I am ready for new life. And I am glad to have this time and this holy night with you. You see, I discovered the Easter Vigil discovered it when I was in college. My family were uh, among the what my sister calls the the holly lilies. We were the Christmas and Easter kind of Christians. Um, And Easter Sunday was our gig. So I remember being intrigued by the concept of the Great Vigil. I remember sitting in St. Paul's Church with the lights dimmed. Candles lit. I remember thinking, Easter in the dark. Really? But then I had one of those Homer Simpson's dope moments (laughs) because it occurred to me that resurrection happens in the dark. Resurrection happens in the dark. It happens before the light has touched the sky. It happens before we recognize or understand it. Resurrection happens while all of us are still in the dark, so to speak. In the midst of our darkness, God does this crazy, outrageous thing. God raises Jesus. God raises us to new life. You and I are given this gift, and it is up to us whether or not we will take it for ourselves. In order to receive it fully, I suspect that we must answer the question posed to those women in tonight's gospel reading. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do we as human beings look for, hope for life in the dead things of this world? Jesus spent his last day teaching his disciples. And we reenacted many of those teachings in the great three days, the triduum of our tradition. Jesus spent his last days teaching the disciples, teaching us That the dead things of this world, power and greed and violence, possession, empire politics, and religious elitism, those things cannot give us life. Jesus demonstrates what does bring life. He sits at the table with his betrayer and those who would abandon him at the cross. He wraps a towel around his waist and does the chores of an enslaved person washing his disciples' dirty feet. He tells them, he tells us, they will know that you are my disciples by your love. If we are to know new life, abundant life, resurrection life, we must let go of the dead things of this world. And we must make love our motivation. And I love this quote from Mr. Rogers. It's one that I keep on my phone. It says, love is not a perfect state of caring. Love is an action like struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way they are here and now. See, when you are motivated by love, you become less attached to things and more attached to relationship. When you are motivated by love, you are less concerned with controlling and more interested in understanding. When you are motivated by love, you forsake lies and you learn to speak the truth, even hard truth. At the most recent House of Bishops meeting, the first time that we had gathered in person in two and a half years, the Right Reverend Scott Baker, Bishop of Nebraska, spoke about the things that keep him up at night about his fears of failure in a space where he doesn't even know what success would look like, about the strain of being called to preach love and compassion in a culture hell-bent on outrage and division. And I suspect, as he spoke those words, the whole house was with me and saying, Thank you, Jesus, it's not just me. In that same meeting, several bishops stood up and spoke of their love and their fears for their queer and trans friends, siblings, and children. In the face of lawmakers writing legislation dehumanizing LGBTQIA folks, The Episcopal Church's House of Bishops unanimously said that our promise to seek and serve Christ in all persons and our promise to respect the dignity of every human being, those baptismal promises hold. Because all means all, y'all. And every means every. And we realize this deep truth when we make love our motivation. Another thing that happens when we are motivated by love is that we learn we can let things die. At the House of Bishops, we had the Reverend Cynthia Bourgeau speak to us and teach us lessons on kenosis. Kenosis is the divine relinquishing of power to embrace the vulnerable the vulnerability of incarnation. And she said, it's like going from this to this. And that we make that journey from here, clinging, holding tightly to this openness and release through prayer. When we deeply engage with our relationship with God. In our individual prayer, when we gather like this in prayer and tether our hearts to one another, we move from this to this. We move from those who would save their lives will lose it to those who lose their lives for the sake of Jesus and the sake of the gospel gain it. We move from I want, I need, I have to have to thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In this broken world, death happens, but we need not fear the death or the dying because we know, we profess, we proclaim that resurrection happens. And amid all the doom and gloom and the writing about the death and the decline of the Episcopal Church, I have to say that while there are things that we need to die to, we ain't dead yet. In church, we have spent way much, too much time looking for the living among the dead. We've spent a lot of time holding on to the artificial things of this world, not being open to the new life, the amazing, abundant new life that God has in store for all of us. But sometimes dying is the only way to get to that life. We need not be afraid, for there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. When we make love, our motivation We can be bold in our proclamation of God's grace. When we make love our motivation, we are not bound by our brokenness or our sin. When we make love our motivation, we reflect the one who lived, died, and rose again for us. And the world will, in fact, know that we are Christians, not because we say so, but because we love so. There are days when my heart sinks before the ignorance, hate, violence, and destruction that is happening in our nation and in our world. I, like my brother Scott, am sometimes overwhelmed by the pain and the bitterness all around me. Sometimes these feel like very dark days. But then I remember, resurrection happens in the dark. Dr. Joy Moore wrote these words, and I share them with you. She said, we must always remember that the God who spoke light into existence, raised to life the one that is the light of the world, the God who donated dignity to dirt, that would be us. Has conquered even death. And why? Why does God do this crazy, outrageous thing? Why does God become incarnate and vulnerable among us? Why does God take the worst that we can offer and redeem even that? God does it for love. For love of you, for love of me. For love of this beautiful, crazy, broken world in which we live. God does it for love. And my proclamation to you as we celebrate the transforming power of God's grace, this new resurrection life is yours. And if you want to experience this life if you want to know real communion and freedom and joy and peace that exceeds any circumstances, if you are determined to make this world a more loving and more just place, if you are willing to embrace this life that you have been given, we can change the world if only we make love our motivation. Amen.